Hello and welcome to the SensiLab Creative AI Podcast, Episode 6. My name is Dom McCormack, I'm the Director of SensiLab and joining me at the console today, physicist and PhD researcher Nina Ratchich. Hello, Hello Nina, how are you? I'm pretty good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, good. And also, back in the chair, uh, app developer and deep learning expert, Dilpreet Singh. Hey Dilpreet. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Good. Now, um, before we get on to talk about today's topic, which is about an art and AI exhibition that opened at the Barbican Centre in London recently, I just want to talk a little bit about our episode last week with Hannah Korsmeyer when we were talking about bias in AI. And we're looking at things like um, issues of gender and race that get mistakenly caught by an AI as being incorrect. Now, there was a, a tweet that happened uh, this week from Ian Goodfellow. Dilpreet, tell us a little bit about that tweet and is it significant? So Ian tweeted that there's a very common example in NLP, an example that sort of shows the semantic understanding these algorithms have. Hold on, so what, LP? NLP. NLP, sorry, sorry, natural language processing. Correct. I thought you meant LP, like as in the stuff that you put on a turntable. No, 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 NLP. Um, So the example is that if you take the word king and its associated vector and you subtract man from king, the resultant vector is queen. That sort of shows that these algorithms have a semantic understanding of, you know, the relationship between words. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that the, the way that's achieved is sort of forced. So the only way you can get the resultant vector queen is by uh, excluding the fact that it can't be king. Mm-hmm. So generally, without putting in any constraints, if you simply said king minus man, the result would be king. Yep. But if you excluded king as the possibilities of results, the result would be queen. Right. But this is conveniently not made explicit in the examples or tutorials on the internet to sort of show that these these algorithms have understandings. Mm. Um, and because it's sort of not made explicit, it sort of made a splash after Ian tweeted about it. But I don't think it's as big of a big of a thing as it's sort of... So there's still a, a bias there, right? Because it's saying, you would say, king, man is to king as woman is to king, if what I'm understanding is correct? I think that's that's sort of you imposing something. So it's simply saying that the resultant vector of king minus man is just closer to king. Mm. And that's generally because these, these vector calculations happen in much higher dimensions. So like, to me, mathematically, it sort of makes sense that the result vector isn't that far away from king, even mm. if you take away man. It's just sort of showing that the association is still strongest with king, but the next highest is with queen. Right. Okay. So yeah. I don't think it fundamentally changes anything about the bias that's been talked about, right? No, I don't right. think so. Right. So Nini, you don't need to redo your software to, or it's to print <laughs> software, actually, the... <laughs> The, the Gendertron? The Gendertron? No, we're not no. really doing that. No. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. So actually the topic today is completely different. We're looking at an exhibition that opened at the Barbican in London called AI More Than Human. Now I should do a bit of a disclaimer at the start. I was actually in London a couple of weeks ago, but I missed the opening. So none of us have actually seen this show, but I have uh, seen uh, and even been in shows where s- uh, many of the works that um, have been exhibited in this exhibition, which is about AI and art, 
are on. So I guess we've got some uh, remote claim to credibility when we when we talk about um, when we talk about the show. But the reason why we wanted to talk about it was because it looks like a really interesting show. It's got uh, all the big names in AI art, or many of the big names. None from the Southern Hemisphere, though, sadly. But all the big Northern Hemisphere names. And on the website, there's some really great press reviews. Here's a couple of pull quotes from the four stars, technologically fascinating and visually diverting from the Evening Standard. And another four stars, a reminder of the power art retains still to translate and distill complexity from, from the time. So they sound pretty good, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see it for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. me too. Yeah. <laughs> However, um, there was another review in the Guardian newspaper from Jonathan Jones, who's the art critic for the, for the Guardian. Now, it's kind of well known that Jonathan Jones isn't exactly enamoured by AI art at all because mm. he's reviewed several other, um, not just artworks, but it, you know any, any kind of incursion of AI on art. He usually comes down pretty negative. And um, he's certainly come down pretty negatively about this exhibition. He says, I've seen more self-aware ants. And he gives it two stars, <laughs> not, not out of five. Um, and, you know, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty brutal review in a way. I've got a little quote here at the end. He says, to be bored by the mindless doodlings and droolings of the AI artworks here is to know in your bones that AI does not yet possess anything like a conscious, let alone creative mind. Is any existing robot or computer as self-aware as an ant for that matter? Yeah, he goes on to sort of criticise a lot. We'll pick this review up apart a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Nina, what did you think of the review? Do you think it's, is it too harsh? Mm, well, on first reading, I found it kind of satisfying yeah. to have such a kind of strong critique. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the AI art that comes out, maybe I don't, I don't think it always has such a strong concept behind it. Yeah, and to me, it's not super super interesting. But uh, when I reread it the second time, it's like you get to the end, and he—I think his like entire premise of like what he thinks about this whole AI creative AI world is just a bit wrong. And I don't know so why. Why is it wrong? Well, it's kind of on the basis that like you go to an AI art show and you expect that there will be AIs that have you know shown some creativity and created some like novel kind of artworks. Mm. This is a big feat, and like you know, human technology, it's like just this big like revolution. But I don't know anybody in the actual field who would say that they have an AI that's actually making any creative output on its own, right? Yeah, that was my feel. Like I think disagreed with the sort of underlying premise he went mm. in with. Which what, is, and what is that? That you need to be conscious to be creative? Yeah, that he was judging the artworks as if, an AI on its own had created them. Like it felt like he wanted to see art that was itself just created by AI and not humans using the tools. Yeah. Yeah. In some of the quotes, it feels like he's critiquing that AI is dumb and AI is just stupid, which is okay. (laughs) Like we get that, they're inert algorithms, but is he really talking about the, the pieces in the exhibition or is he just critiquing the AI hype? Well, he does, to just, you know, to use the pull quotes, he talks about Mario Klingerman's work, who I guess many people might be aware is kind of one of the people who's worked extensively with, with Gans and he, you know, he was the second cab off the rank in the AI auction stakes and, right. and sold a work for a pretty decent, was it 40,000 40, 40, yeah. 40, yeah. euros? Um, so let me let me read Jonathan Jones's review of Mario's week. He says, Mario Klingerman's piece, Circuit Training, makes the process by which machines learn explicit. 
Klingerman creates art using a program that can generate images and then criticise its own work. You can join in by deciding which images are interesting as human faces morphed by the machine flow on screen. It's one of the most boring works of art I've ever experienced. So he, he doesn't hold back, does he? He's no. the most boring works well, of art I've ever I, experienced. That's, no. Like, that's not valid. That's why, so why, why not? It's his opinion. Like, I mean, I it is his opinion. It's not, it's not law. Or it's in L O R E or L A W, but I can I, can, I don't know. I don't know how much I, I I can see why he might find it boring, I suppose. But like there is some kind of concept behind it. It's not that like Mario Klingerman's up there saying like these actual faces, the things that are being produced are like those artifacts are so artistically valid, right? It's like the mm. broader concept behind the entire thing. B- right? B says there's clearly no more intelligence behind them than in a photocopier that accidentally produces interesting degradation. So like if there was a sort of mechanical fault in the photocopy and you're photocopying people's faces, it would pretty much be the same thing, which I, I actually think if that was put as some sort of conceptual art piece many years ago in a gallery, it was photocopying people's faces and churning them out, making them more and more distorted or weird. Mm. That probably would have passed us art maybe. I mean, maybe it was not great art, but to say it's the most boring mm. that you've ever experienced, I, you know, I mean, maybe he's seen a lot of very exciting work, but does okay. it come back to he was expecting it to be intelligent? Yeah, I feel like it's this weird expectation that he has of, mm. I don't know what, honestly, but <laughs> I disagree with the most boring aspect. I think, I'm, yeah, I don't know. He didn't talk about much about what's going on behind the scenes, like, the training or well, you know, the latent space or anything. I don't, I don't know. Maybe the, the the fact that he doesn't appreciate it comes from like a lack of understanding of how it was created. I guess so. But to the Barbican's credit, they run a couple of exhibitions sort of around art and technology. So they had one a few years ago, which I did go and see. It was called Digital Revolution, um, which was sort of more a generic about immersive art, uh, mm. design, film. And so it's kind of presented in a way that's not necessarily like art gallery art. It's kind of trying to build a picture that relates technology and art in a way that sort of sees it transcend beyond just a gallery exhibition. And they try and do a lot of educative stuff and historical stuff in there. And I think they've done a similar approach with this. So they have a lot of, it's not all just sort of state of the art AI art. They've Mm. got some historical material in there that sort of provides a context and a history I don't know how much detail they go into in terms of the actual, you know, explaining everything about how the works are made. They probably have a, you know, probably got a didactic panel with some information that's at a high level for the, you know, when the public come in to Mm. experience it. But there's probably not a huge amount of information about the technology behind it at a sort of a research level or anything like that because people just can't take that in in a single gallery visit and yeah. if they really want to they have to go and read the papers or something like that but I guess maybe as also if you're a critic of this you might want to sort of do a bit more investigation and find out a little bit more about how the works were made and what they're what they're doing because I think there is more intelligence than a photocopier in that but I still sympathize with the idea that I, I think if you're putting a work out there as AI art there's art in there and you've got to be having it evaluated as art as well. You can't excuse the fact that it's not art because it's got AI in it. I think that maybe this kind of critique is important for maybe the wider public who actually believe that there's AI out there being creative, right? And so he's kind of, maybe that's like, maybe that is the wider public opinion. And so this is kind of saying, well, no, we're actually not at that place yet. AI is not even close to being able to do that. And I guess people should know that, right? And then I think as the field just progresses, the, the art 
that part of the art world progresses, it will just become more natural to have be have involvement of AI with not art necessarily saying this is an AI art show. Mm. Like that's kind of not a bit of a novelty, right? It's like this is an AI art show. That's who you're coming for. Yeah, I mean, and he makes that point where the work he likes the best is an exhibition by Team Lab, yeah. which is like a living garden, and he makes a point to go ask the sort of people behind that work about how AI is involved in it, mm. and they say there's no AI. And he yeah. sort of paints that as like, look, the, the most interesting piece I found had no AI. Yeah. And yeah. it's sort of like, you know, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I guess that sort of points to a sort of curatorial decision that they've made because they put in a lot of artists who don't use AI in there as well. So they've got people mm. like Neri Oxman who does amazing where she's an architect who does a lot of sort of generative, um, you know, 3D printing and works with um, insects and things like that. But I don't really think her work uses AI directly or it's certainly not a big feature of her work. And as you mentioned, Dilpreet Team Lab as well, who, you know, whose work doesn't really use AI at all mm. either. So they've kind of set themselves up for a bit of a, a bit of a criticism on that respect and maybe they're playing a little bit with that. You know, it says more than human, so that's the title of the exhibition. Yeah, maybe mm. they're selling it a bit too much mm. as well. Yeah. So. I guess maybe part of the challenge is that, you know, you've got, you want to try and get people in there, get them interested. So you've got to have a, a point of controversy or a point of, you know, why do I want to go and see this show? Because I might be seeing art that's made by artificial intelligence and they're kind of riding the the hype of the last, yeah. you know, year or two, particularly in the art world where we've had, you know, work sell for quite a lot of money and, yeah. you know, mm. there's, there's this sort of hunger for AI to suddenly become independently creative and they're just riding that wave. And that I mean, sense. it's not just Jonathan Jones, another review that sort of painted the, the whole exhibition as a great technology fair, but not mm. necessarily a great art show. Mm. Even yeah. though they gave it four stars, it was, it was about cool tech, yeah. less yeah. art. Yeah. Which I think seems fair, right? Pretty valid, yeah. I would say. So do either of you, when you, on the odd chance that you visit art galleries, would you be attracted to a, a show that used technology as the underlying basis for everything in it? Or do you more look for something that, that's themed in a way that's not about the technology or the methodology that was used to make it? It's more about some big issue or looking at a particular art movement or something like that? To me, yeah, it's definitely not about the tech. Mm. Okay. It's, it's not... I'm not really interested in what tools, like what brush, what what style, like how it was painted. Like you want to know what brush? Yeah, like it's was just it like, camel hair or yeah, synthetic or was it like yeah. you know was the canvas on the ground? Was it like lifted up? Like I don't care. To me, yeah. it's it's what they were trying to do, what they're trying to communicate. Like, do I yeah. relate? It's, yeah. yeah, that's why to me that sort of like. It's, it's AI art. I'm not That's interested true. in that. Yeah, I, I, I think me, if I was choosing to go to an art show, I just want to see something like new, right? So whatever If you type were choosing of, to go to an art yeah, show. So do, how often? Go, oh, when you choose art, to go. If I you don't, would, yeah, yeah. I don't love going to art galleries when they're like super packed, like the NGV. I mean, sometimes when it's like I want to see the work. does Just, just go about two weeks before it closes yeah. and there's nobody there. Yeah. And then everyone realises they've got two weeks left to see it and it gets busy again. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, but I mean, what would attract me to going to an art show is just knowing that it would be something kind of new. Well, this is new. I guess if you've never yeah. seen AI art yeah. before, you'd be, yeah, I want to see art made by AI. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, it yeah. would. I, I'd go and see it. If, yeah, I'd definitely yeah, go, and, go see and see it. Yeah. But... I don't know, the enjoyment level, I think I would treat mm. it as a technology fair. I think yeah. it'd be like, totally cool. But I know I'd be disappointed yeah. I feel before like I, I walked in. Yeah, I could go in and actually hate it. I could literally go <laughs> yeah. in and be like, I hate this, seeing this in real life. So I really don't know what my opinion would be until 
I think it's also yeah. seeing so much of the same thing all in the one place too. Like one or two is okay yeah. amongst other things that kind of give it a breadth that you might think, okay, this is looking at a particular issue and in one in one work it's been addressed through AI and in another work it's been addressed in a completely different way but I see how contextually these things mm. inform each other or juxtapose or play off each other, whatever it is. Whereas it's all just all tech work. Mm. Um, it's just like GAN portraits. No. Like everywhere. No. Like, oh yeah, you do like a Gan art show. I would not go to a Gan art show. I would. Sure, not that's either. so 2018 anyway. You <laughs> <laughs> would go to one of those. It could be nah. big Gan. Big Gan. Big oh, big Gan art portraits. Yeah. I, this is the year of GPT two, isn't it? Oh, that's yes, true. definitely. That's that's the flavor of the moment for the next go few to months. Poetry readings. Exactly. Yes. Poetry readings by robots is. Yes, we labs. thought of it first, if you're listening and <laughs> yeah. come up with that idea, we want credit. <laughs> it's interesting to think about how you would actually create an exhibition that people do want to go and see and that does involve AI. Because if AI's intelligence is really kind of, you know, it is at the insect level pretty much, even if it's a, probably a bad comparison to make it between living species and the sort of AI intelligence that we see in computers. So if someone said, here's an exhibition of art made by ants, nobody would go and see mm-hmm. it, right? They'd I just, would. Yeah, yeah, you would. Okay. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I love ants. And that's why I, I hated the title of the review. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is true. It was so reductive to all the time. <laughs> ants are, I mean, ants are very interesting. Yeah. Very they have a lot of intelligence that yeah. goes un, you know, unrecognized. Yeah, it's like Absolutely. swarm intelligence. Yeah. Swarm intelligence, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they can solve lots of complex problems. They can mm. build architectural structures that are many times their own height and weight and things. Mm. And they do it without, you know, a central planner or architect doing all that stuff. So, yeah, certainly. All right. We, all yeah. of us geeky people would probably yeah. go to a, an yeah. art AI, uh, an ant AI, <laughs> or ant art show. But yeah. would 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 anyone else who's not that interested? Maybe not. Mm. <laughs> so, John, as as someone who's had work exhibited mm. um, and is in sort of computational creativity, right? Mm. Do you, do you feel like an exhibition that's so focused on like you know technology art sort of gets panned like this? Mm. Is that reduced is it well, reductive do you feel like it's like taking away from what you uh, and your peers have at- established maybe i mean i've seen it all before to to show my age a bit i mean you know when computers first came on the art scene which does go back a long 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 way there's sort of waves of where people are interested so you know when i first got into this there was a big wave of interest about sort of generative systems and particularly artificial life so sort of bottom up artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and there were lots of custom exhibitions themed around that and they were very similar to this in the sense that they're all you know tech stuff and there was a big emphasis about art and technology and that sort of became a whole branch of the that the art world rejected but there were people Mm. in art and technology who really still liked it and I think if you went back and looked at those exhibitions now you'd you'd probably have similar criticisms to you know this this current exhibition Mm. but the flip side of that is that if you go to a big exhibition so I've been to lots of sort of big group shows both here in Australia and you know around the world and there's often technology works in there and they're sitting alongside conventional paintings or sculptures or installation works or video works or whatever. And again, it's just more about, well, what is the work really about? Does it carry it? Does it, if it uses AI, that's great. But if it doesn't use AI, it doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's just like you were saying to Preet about who cares what, you know, tools we use to make it. It's the curve called where everything gets hyped and then there's the acceptance. The bubble. We don't rely on Google here when we're talking. Yeah, so you just know. trying to remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so maybe it's just sort of at the, the rise, the Gartner, the Gartner yeah. hype cycle. Yeah, that's the, the one. what? 
Oh, I've never heard this. Gartner. You never heard Gartner. this? Gartner. Gartner. Yeah. Yeah. Like an analyst like, firm or something? Uh, yeah. It's like the tulip thing, right? Or like the Bitcoin thing. No, different. Bitcoin the, price. The winter and the... the they're all pretty much the same. <laughs> things get things. Well, I mean, it's a bit more nuanced than that. So, like, the hype goes up high first, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone's you know buying into the whole thing, and it's yeah. going to change the world. And then the reality sets in. And everyone goes, "Oh, it's not actually as good as we thought it was going to be." So mm-hmm. then everything drops off. Mm-hmm. But then actually, it, people start using people it start slowly. using it, improving it incrementally, right. and then it gets to a point of acceptance. So it be, just becomes something that people go, "Yeah, it's, of course I yeah. use that. You Why wouldn't use I use that without the hype? Without the hype, yeah." So but so where did generative the whole generative art scene that you were around, where, yeah. where has it come to now, would you say? Well, I mean, if you look at the work of people like Team Lab, which is just a mm. whole group, it's a never-expanding group of people, mm. um, they use a lot of those techniques. And some of their works, I think, do it really brilliantly. Others, I just think, are a bit of a spectacle. So there's a, there's a great work that I think the Art Gallery of New South Wales purchased several years ago. It's, a, it's like a sort of generative garden, and it has these sort of, Buddhist and Japanese references. It's very beautiful mm-hmm. where it just slowly evolves and changes, but it's always different. And, and if you contrast that to there was a work that was on – sorry, if you're listening to this and you've never been to Australia or seen these exhibitions, it won't make much sense, but there was a work that was on at the NGV, which is just a big gallery in Victoria here. Did you see that one? It was on at the um, sure. Triennial. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was in a big room with mirrors and it had particles oh, on the yes. floor yes, and it yes, interacted that, with, yeah. you know, like if I was Jonathan Jones reviewing that, I'd say, well, yeah. you know, I'd seen a lot of stuff like this 10, 15 years ago that people were doing. It was fun for sort of Instagram photos and for that photographing with friends. Well, the whole show was yeah. just yeah, big, big Instagram. You didn't really feast. even have to go. <laughs> no, you could just watch. You could just look yeah. at it on Instagram yeah. and get all the best bits. In fact, it's probably better looking at yeah. Instagram <laughs> than waiting for the you know queuing out there and paying money to go. It to was go and free see it. though. The yeah. Triennial was free. Oh, it was free. That's yes. true. Okay, we still had to queue up. Though. Yeah, that you, you yeah. Did. that work to me didn't really didn't suggest anything very deep. It was just sort of a bit of interaction one hundred and one. Mm. But you know, some of their other works were were, were better. So. Mm. Yeah, look, there's some good ones, there's some bad ones. It's not necessarily that's going to take over the world. I mean, I guess maybe the difference here is that back then the generative art thing was really confined to a sort of more narrower thing of possibility, so a narrower yeah. area of possibilities. And people thought, yeah, it could be interesting for art. I still think it is. Yeah. Um, but it, And it could be interesting for some other things, but it wasn't like AI, which is pitched mm. to something more generally that's going to be – there's going to be AI everywhere – yeah. And so maybe that's the difference this time yeah. around. And of course we you know, we don't know, we can't predict the future. The future hasn't been written yet. And maybe eventually AI will become ubiquitous. But you know, I think probably we'd all agree that that's probably not gonna yeah. happen anytime soon. And there'll probably be the cold another winter of AI. Do you be- think so? Uh I don't know how cold the winter will be, but I think there will be a winter. I, think I mean, there- yeah, I think there already is, isn't there? There's a lot of you know, all the things we've been talking about, there's there's a lot of backlash now. Mm. Yeah, but it, I mean, it has gone to a point where these algorithms are pretty useful, though, and they're being used. Yeah, pretty yes, much yeah, yeah. yeah it's not the AI that the general person sort of expects AI to be. That is a recurring theme yeah. that comes into every time we have a, a chat. Is that people's expectation of AI is like human intelligence? They expect AI is like a person, only it's a machine. So it's kind of a robot, but it thinks like a person, mm. and it 
talks like a person and acts like a person to some extent. That is most people who are, aren't researching or you know, working in this area. That's their impression of what AI is. They kind of think of Alexa or Siri as a person. Like if they yeah. were asked to visualize how they engage and interact with it, they think it's like a person, maybe like a dumb person or a person who doesn't really get everything you say, but you think of it like a person. That's how humans normally interact yeah. conversationally, right? But the problem is that all of the areas where it's really making breakthroughs, it's not like that at all. It's completely different. No. no well, now I come to think about it, maybe it's important to have AI art just purely for the reason that to engage the public in some kind of awareness about AI because it is already being used ev everywhere. I'm not saying it's going to take over the world in terms of actually being intelligent, but it is being used everywhere yeah. in a lot of, for a lot of different things. Yeah. And so the people who aren't involved directly with that might have no idea about it. And so it's kind of cool actually having that kind of engagement through art, right? To, to educate or just like have like build awareness about it. Yeah. Well, that's a great way of getting people interested in something that perhaps they wouldn't be interested in mm. previously because it's, you know, hopefully it's not threatening or confrontational or, you know, often people get turned off if there's too much technical information that you get bombarded with that you can't make sense of because it's not your area of expertise. Mm. And, you know, often the the standard response to that is to sort of dumb it down or turn it into sort of, you know, educative. And, you know, if you go to an art gallery, your brain is kind of attuned to thinking about things differently, maybe. And it's a good way to get people thinking by posing perhaps controversial or problematic conjectures or thinking about how you're, you know, interacting with something that isn't human, asking questions about, well, what does it mean to be human? What does mm. it mean to interact with an AI? But I think there's probably some, because, you know, because we haven't actually been and seen the exhibition, we're really just freewheeling here, but yeah. uh, I'm sure there's some of that in the in the exhibition. They generally... Yeah, where they question where mm. AI is at, because yeah. if the curatorial team is sort of selling it as more than human that is mm. then i totally sort of i sympathize with jonathan jones way more mm. if, if it's not being questioned at all you know mm. Um, mm. where you are sort of buying into that hype the other thing is that's quite interesting i think is also become a way of selling science too so you've got the science gallery movement so science gallery is a collection of galleries that use art to communicate scientific mm. Mm. topics so it's sort of almost using artists as sort of a, a front for mm. some, something else mm. and I wonder how wary people might get of that too because they obviously they enjoy the art part of it but does it really translate into greater scientific awareness mm. yeah. there's a science gallery here in Melbourne they've had some we've been involved in mm. some of the exhibitions that they've had and we'll probably be involved in more and they have exhibitions all around the world on very interesting topics but they're pretext in a way is to use artism as a vehicle for trying to get people interested in science, which does seem a little bit duplicitous because, I mean, why can't people just be interested in art? In art, yeah. Yeah, for, for art's sake, exactly. um, which of course they can be, and there's plenty of galleries that handle that. So maybe it's not such a bad thing to have something that's trying to get in by stealth using art in that way. And I guess maybe that's partially what this exhibition is doing too. All right. Yeah. Well, I think we're we're out of time. But if you want to go and see the exhibition, and you happen to be in London, it's on until the twenty sixth of August two thousand and nineteen at the Barbican Centre in in London. I don't know if it'll ever tour. Hopefully, it might it might tour. Although with reviews like Jonathan Jones's, <laughs> who knows? But um, yeah, if you if you do get a chance, uh, check it out and uh, send us a message on Twitter, and we'll um, see if you agree with us. But for now, thanks, Nina. Thank you. Thanks to Preet. Thank you. And join us for the next Sensi Lab Creative AI podcast sometime in the future. Thanks for <laughs> listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.